0: You know, we've been praying for a lot of things here at QPAM. We've been praying uh, for our members, for our church, for the world. Um, I don't know if you ever look at your bulletins in the prayer section, but uh, if you do have your bulletins, I mean, take a look at all these uh, different prayer requests that we have for QPEm, also for our members. We're praying, of course, for the people that are impacted by the coronavirus and especially for our CM uh, ministry. Uh, you know, they've been growing for over 500 members, right? It was just five years. And like, man, the past few weeks, like their numbers have dropped crazy, uh, people just afraid to come to worship. And so praying for them and and even this uh, missions and evangelism season and, and the wisdom and leadership to make these decisions on what to do moving forward. And there's a lot of prayers. I mean, we, we look at these prayer requests and, and, and I want us to acknowledge that you know when we pray these things we've been getting together every Wednesday night to pray these requests to God we've been getting together as a leadership once a month last Sunday we do that last Sunday we got together in my place all the deacons and leaders we get together every month to pray for the people in need for our church and I'm letting you know God is hearing us and he is answering prayers God is answering the prayers we lift up. Just look at these prayer requests specifically that we've been asking God. You know, even just in our members, I, I put this prayer request two weeks ago. Uh, Brother Dongguan, you know, he, he, he had this seizure two weeks ago uh, on Friday night at a service. And, and the 911 called, the ambulance came and, and, and his dad came. And, and, and because of that, again, his parents would not allow him to come to church. Says, you know, we don't want you to, you know, continue to just, just have these seizures and, 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 and these ambulances. Every time they call, it's like thousands of dollars. So he, the parents wouldn't let Tongwen come. And Tongwen, you know, he texted me, Pastor Peter, please, next time I have a seizure at church, can you tell the church leadership not to call 911? He said, okay. So please tell them not to call 911. I'm going to be okay, you know. Because if you call 911, then the ambulance comes and my dad's not going to let me to come to church. Can you believe that? He loves our church. Can you think can you think of that? Like a, a, a member who loves coming to our church so much, he comes every service, not just at Cupen, Wednesday nights and Fridays and, and something, but but he comes on the KM side and early morning. He loves coming, but yet he's asking, you know, can, can, can you just not call, you know, 911 next time? I'll be okay, you know. We pray for Tongwen, and guess what? I was I was talking to his dad, I don't know what we can do. He came, right, this past week, praise God. He was there on praise and prayer on Wednesday night. He came back on Friday, praise God, you know. God answered prayers, you know, he's allowing someone to come back to worship, you know, we look at in these prayer requests, my, my mom, I told you about her successful surgery, I thank you for your prayers, I thank God, and all the cancer as of now is rid from her body, and, and she might not even have to do chemotherapy, not just that, but been praying, hey, what's the purpose of all this, God, why did you do this, and, and you know, my dad's like kind of saying, you know, God really brought my mom back from death to life, and I got to acknowledge and thank God for that, he's saying, you know, and so now my parents are coming to go to church together on Sundays, and reading the Bible in this year the Bible again I and mean, this is God's answer to prayer only he can do such a thing Deacon Tony's here. And every time I see Tony, I, I'm encouraged, you know. After losing his wife, Jenny, to cancer, he, he's back and he's hosting small group meetings at his house again. He's he, he, he's building this small group back together. I'm telling you, De- Deacon Tony's a glue of that screen small group. I tell him all the time. I joke around, but he really is. You know, people love Tony, just want to be around him. And and through Tony, you know, the, the body of Christ is coming back together again. And I see that peace uh, in his heart. And, and and we're praying for Elizabeth and Eric. And, and we see God working there as well, you know. Jane is here. You know, back there, Jane and Robert, they come every Sunday, you know, every Wednesday to pray. And, and, and Robert's getting healed from his uh, uh, surgery for his brain injury. And, and we're praying for provision. Jane, is God answering your prayers, Jane? Amen, amen. I'm telling you, he's providing for her. There's a, a government fund that, that just got approved uh, last week. Uh, it's called a TBI grant where, for traumatic brain injury uh, 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 people in New York. They, they're governing a government fund to pay like, most of their rent. And so God is providing for them. We're praying for these things. Like, even Charles, I don't know if you know Charles Portray. He told me he's going to come today. I saw him this past week. He's been struggling. His wife went to the hospital for mental illness. His, his son, Zach, is less than a year old. Got taken away. We prayed for Charles. We've been praying for him. We prayed for him last Sunday as a leadership. And he comes back this Sunday and says, Pastor Peter, you know, God's answering prayers, you know. My son, you know, he, he, he's been getting, granted custody to my mom. And and, and now the judge has given uh, his son to uh, Charles's mom to come go back with him to Pennsylvania and, and to be back with the family instead of with strangers. And he said, thank you, Pastor Peter, for your prayer. Thank you for the church. And, and he's getting back. He's, he's been alcohol-free for about two months now and sober. And, and I'm telling you, God is answering. He's listening. He's working. Look at all these prayer requests we've been lifting up. And that's why I'm encouraged, you know, like, you know, there's been a prayer burden on my heart as a pastor uh, for Cupen in particular. Like, you know, you know, we have a lot of good things going on. We have discipleship continuing on for the seventh year Cupen. praise God for that. We have a lot of small groups meeting up twice a month. We're continuing to do that. And Bible studies. Now we have that on Sundays praise God for that, but something's still been missing, you know, thought with some of the members and something's been missing. I think what's missing is like people getting together And it's just just sharing life, but corporately praying for one another, right? To be real with each other, to be just authentic. And we've been talking about that real life for a long time now. And, And maybe on Sundays, it's hard to do that. It's busy. People got other things, programs, ministries. And God gave us an opportunity this past Friday, right? Praise and prayer. Our first joint praise and prayer with the Rising College Ministry you know, our, our Wednesday praise and praise. It's been hard for people to come out. It's been, it's been struggling. We, we, we kicked this off. And I'm telling you, man, let's show some pictures from this past uh, Friday night. We had a, a, just incredible turnout. About, I think, 40 to 50 people, QP came. You know, let's get this one. 40 to 50 members just came to pray together, to worship together. Pastor Austin and the team just leading worship, vibrant praise and I'm telling you, the spirit of God was filling this place. You know, we people in, in, in just in tears. You know, just just worshiping God and lifting up our hands and, and glory to Him. You know, you know, just Friday night's a little different. It's not as you know busy. You know, more laid back. We got more time to talk and share. And God's giving us opportunities like this to share life, right? And I want to encourage you. You know, you know, this season in Lent, we talked about right. What are we supposed to do to seek after God? We, we clean up our life, clean up the things that are getting in the way, right? I was Albert prayed about these idols that have maybe we placed in front of him and, and distracting us from him. We get rid of those idols. We repair and build the altar back up to God. And then lastly, gather together, right? We, and that's what we're doing. We're gathering together. Last week I, I shared God encourages us as a fellowship of believers in times of fear and, and worry to come together, You know, to come together as a church. And that's why we have the church. And I encourage you to come together. Let's come together. And let's pray together. Let's worship together. And and I encourage you next month. We're going to do that again next April. First Friday of every month. Okay, now it's it's set. First Friday of every month. Praise and prayer. Come, join. And then we'll just have a wonderful time uh, of fellowship and and praise, especially with the college students. I share this, you know, to get together to gather together, but it's not easy to do that, especially during these days, Is that wise to gather together, Pastor Peter? (laughs) Is that smart? Is that safe? Coronavirus now, over 105,000 people in the world infected. As of this morning, killed more than 3,500 people, right? And that's real, that's real. People are dying from this virus. This morning, I even read, right? You heard about Italy, what's going on there? There's a lockdown happening in the, all of northern Italy there. Literally all public events and gatherings in the whole region is closed, okay? Not just a city, the whole region, northern region there. All sports competitions, events suspended, right? So, you know, like literally these athletes are going to be playing their, their games with no spectators. Can you imagine that? No, no fans. Even in the U.S., I heard they're planning to do that maybe in the NBA. You know, just playing games without any spectators. In Italy right now, employees are going to have to work from home. Cultural events, museums, cinemas, theaters, all these clubs shut down. Nurseries, schools, universities suspended. Sports centers, gyms, swimming pools, of course, all closed down. Civil religious ceremonies even are are suspended. You can't even get married there now. And and lastly, get this. They said churches are remaining open, but get this, if they can avoid crowds gathering. That's what it said. (laughs) Right? So, so churches, you can still you know open the doors, but, but if only you can avoid crowds gathering. I mean, does that make any sense? How does it impact the church it's impacting the church, even in the u s uh, in our context, you know, we have a lot of churches our size. You know, we're kind of a mega church. If you would look at the four congregations total. And, and in L.A., there's a similar church like ours. Uh, there's L.A.'s Harang Church where, uh, you know, a pastor guest uh, speaker, Pastor Jeff Hyun, remember him? He came a few we- uh, months ago to, to come and lead that Young Adult Joint Revival. And he, he was set to come uh, to speak again the uh, end of this month. And, and I just talked with him this past week. And he's sharing, Pastor Peter, he's like, it's crazy. My church, they just enacted this policy church-wide, and this is a mega church, like 5,000 members in LA, he said this entire church, the leadership, they enacted a policy now, they're canceling all ministry events and programs outside of Sunday worship and and, and early morning prayer that they do. So outside of Sunday worship and and just early morning prayer, that's it, okay? That's their new policy until further notice. And And so he said all travels, you know, cancel for staff and whatnot. So he said, I'm so sorry, I can't come, you know? So I'm sorry, you know, Pastor Jeff can't come this end of this month. That's so what's happening, right? How about our church? Our church is le- meeting. Almost literally every week, our leadership, our session is. I had to, you know, just submit a whole, you know, calendar of events at QPM we're doing, right? All the different programs and all the four ministers we did that. And the church session is determining, all right, what are we going to do? Are we going to cancel all these things? Maybe some of you think we should, right? Maybe we should just kind of just stop meeting for a little while, stop ministry for a little while. Even missions, 46-year history of our church. We've never canceled missions once, ever, ever. There's has not been a year in our history of our church where we haven't sent a team in missions. Is this the first year? Possibly. Today, we have a Mercy Outreach set, didn't we? Sanford Nursing Home, we're supposed to go to the Sanford home. We're supposed to deliver the coats and then, you know, share life on life with the residents there. What are we going to do there, right? What are we to do in these times of fear? Last Sunday, you know, God's encouraging us, right, of what we're to do in in times of fear. It's his encouragement that he reminds us. You know, last week, Paul, he arrives in Corinth. I told you his state, what was it? In weakness, in in, in trembling with fear. He's he's in weakness and fear. He's trembling. He's scared. and, And he encourages Paul, God does, right? Three ways remember that. First off, he says, you know, Paul, I'm going to give you a, a, a brothers and sisters, Pr- Priscilla and Akilah, and, and they're going to be an encouragement to you. He does that. He's alone, but not anymore. And through the encouragement, the, the believers, the fellowship of believers, God brings encouragement. That's what he does for us as well. The, the fellowship of believers in, in times of worry. Secondly, what did he do? As he closed the door of the synagogue, he opened the door next door, right? And God opened the new door for witness. Another further sign of encouragement to Paul. And then lastly, in that place, God encourages Paul with great joy, right? bringing both Jew and Gentile to Jesus Christ in that place. I mean, incredible. From a place of just anxiety, worry, fear, trembling, to a place of joy, right, and restoration and peace. And that's where Paul was, God's encouraging us the same way in those three ways last week, he reminds us. And, 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 And he's encouraging us that way. Today, though, with this encouragement, right, three ways that he's done that for us, even the church today, God now is calling us to action, He's encouraged us, okay? He's brought fellowship of believers. He's closing and opening doors, and he's going to bring us joy. Now he's going to encourage us, call us to an action as a church, as a body of Christ during these times, especially. For church, how we respond in times of fear is very important, right? Because how we respond is going to determine how we live our life, especially in this fallen, sinful, broken world that we live in today. So today, turn with me again to Acts 18. We're going to continue this narrative. And today, God is going to show us what we are to do in response. That Now this is our response in times of fear and worry, as we see now today. Acts 18, church, continuing our story. In verse 9, we leave off uh, last week, 9 and 10. The Lord says to Paul, one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, Paul, but go on speaking. Do not be silent, for I am with you. And no one will attack you to harm you, for I have many in this city who are my people. You know, this one verse is so packed with what God says and what he calls us to do in response to fear. Do you notice, like, if you do have your Bibles, and I encourage you, bring your Bibles. I know we're relying on technology and a lot of stuff these days, but if you have your Bibles, you know, open that up to Acts 18. And some of your Bibles, you might notice, you know, this verse right here, verse 9, 10, it's in red. You you know what that, that is, right? Everyone there, sometimes why is my, you know, some, some passages or verses in red? Well, in red denotes the words spoken by Jesus Christ himself, okay? So these are the words of Jesus Christ. When it says the Lord says to Paul one night, this is Jesus's word speaking to him and to us today. It's Jesus's command to us. And the overarching command we see. Underneath, overarching all the points today in our message is starts right there. Jesus says, "Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, church. In this times of coronavirus and everything else, do not be afraid." <laughs> Amen. Some of you. Right? Easier said than done. Though. Okay. Thanks for telling me, don't be afraid, but I'm still kind of afraid, right? Sports alone doesn't really change anything, Pastor Peter, right? You can tell me all you want to do whatever, you know, it doesn't really change how I feel. I still feel a little anxious, I still feel what's going to happen, you know, my kids, just going to school, what's going to happen with my work? I I have a lot of fears here, right? Just telling someone, don't be afraid or don't do something, it, it doesn't really, you know, solve anything really, right? You know, this past weekend I told took my three kids uh, to their annual uh, physical exam with Dr. Co, Dr. Jessica, great pediatrician in Bayside, right? And, and so it was supposed to be only Caleb and Luke's uh, uh, annual visit, but we had to take Sayla with us as well. We picked them all up together from school, and I tell you, Sayla, she knows, man. And she's two years old now. She knows exactly where she is, where we're going in the car. Every time we go to her, she play, past the playground, she said, "Playground, playground," she wants to go. But then every time we go near the neighborhood of Dr. Ko, she knows exactly where we are, okay? She starts like, no, no, she starts getting, no, no, doctor, no, doctor. We're not even near her office, the office, but then right the car, the building, she recognizes the house, no, no, And she starts kind of getting scared and worried and starts to even crying in the car. And we say Sayla, Sayla, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Selah, it's, it's not you today. It's, it's only Caleb and Luke. They're the ones that are going to get the shots and, and, and all the pain stuff, you know I said, right? Because, you know, every time Selah goes to the doctor, she gets a shot, You know, the doctor looks in her ear, opens her mouth, and looks in her eyes, and all, it's a scary thing for a two-year-old. I have a baby, right? So she's like, no, doctor, but I said, Selah, so I was trying to tell her, Selah, Selah, don't be afraid. Opa, you know, your brothers are going to get Aya. Opa, ayah, okay? Opa, Opa is going to get hurt. And Caleb and Luke are looking at me like, Dad, we're right here, right? Come on now. What are you trying to scare me to now? It's like, Opas not getting get hurt. You're safe, Selah. You're No, you're going to be good today. I could tell her all I want doesn't mean anything, right? She, she's not seeing it. So what happens is we got to go to the office. She's flipping out. And, and I, I literally had to take Caleb and Luke into the office. And Kathy's comforting on the side. She said, look, we got to show Selah you are not going in the office today, okay? You got to show her. Opas, the brothers are going in. You're staying right in the waiting room with mom, watching that Disney movie, whatever they have on there. Okay, you're safe. We gotta show her, see her, make it real for her. You don't just tell her. You gotta show her, make it real. That's how. And then finally, she calms down and she's happy. And then the Opas, you know, you know, they go in. They, they, you know, they're they're tough now, so they don't cry and stuff. But but they came out and said, "La, la, la." Look, and they're happy. And all we went home happy. You don't just tell someone. It doesn't work that way. God isn't just telling Paul here, don't be afraid. Just stop feeling fear, this feeling, you know. It's not just trying to trick your mind to, to tell your mind, oh, do not be afraid, tricking your brain. It doesn't work that way, church. What does God do? He doesn't just tell you today, don't be afraid. He shows you how you cannot be afraid, okay? God doesn't just tell you, he shows you how. How you may live your life not in fear. Okay? He shows us how we are to overcome fear. Look again, verse 9. Jesus says to Paul, Do not be afraid. And here's the first way I'll show you how. Go on speaking and do not be silent. Paul, go on speaking, keep on speaking, do not be silent. Yeah, you're afraid. You're alone in the city of Corinth. Don't just go to the next town. Stay right there, keep it up. Keep on speaking. You're there for a reason. Remember what Paul's mission is? He's a messenger of the gospel, the good news. Keep on speaking, Paul. Keep on speaking with the the message that God has entrusted to you. What is that message? The gospel of Jesus Christ, right? The good news. What is this good news? We know this, hopefully, well. That when God created you and I, we, we, he, he created us in a love relationship, right? We believe that, right, church? Do you believe that when God created Adam and Eve, it was intended to be this intimate love relationship where he walks with us, communes with us, speaks with us, you know, enjoys fellowship together, we, we, we live life together. We, we talk to each other. We, we, we live together. We do things together. We share life. Do you, do you ever think of it that way with your relationship with God? That he made you to enjoy him forever, right? That God created you to enjoy this love relationship with him. Do you have that relationship with God? That kind of intimate real-life relationship with the living Almighty God who created the heavens and the earth. That's why He created you. But through huh, our disobedience, not just Adam, you can't just fault it on just Adam and Eve. No, through our disobedience, on our rebellion said, you know, God, I, I that's good, but that's not good enough. I, I want something else in addition to maybe what you're offering, you know. I want, you know, to see things my way. I want, I want you know, the apple that, that opens my eyes to the, the, the things of this world that can make me, make me even more happy and more satisfied. And, and through that, uh, sin enters the world, right? our disobedience. And, and what does sin do? It, it separates us from this love relationship that we had, that God intended for us, right? That from the moment of sin, that love relationship is broken. It's severed. And maybe some of you maybe have not experienced that kind of love intimate relationship. Well, the reason why is because of sin. Sin is a reason why maybe you don't have that that, that personal experience of of walking with God as we see people in the Bible do. What can we do? We live in this world that is Separated. God created us for fellowship, for a relationship, to be together, to embrace one another, to hug and to kiss, to dance and to sing and to love. But yet, by sin, we are separated. We cannot be together. That's the effect of sin. That's the effect of the fallen world that we see today. I mean, I see what's happening even with this coronavirus as an effect of sin, Right? Disease, illness, all this sickness. It's an effect of sin. It's not how God intended the world to be when he created the beautiful, you know, you know earth here. L- look at even, you know, we're supposed to shake hands when we, we see each other at church. We're supposed to even hug. You know, you know the Bible says when, when Paul writes his letters, you know, he, we, we greet you, right? With a kiss, he even says, right? You know, in the Bible, they even not just, you know, hug, we even kissed one another. The holy kiss, they call it, right? That's how we're supposed to be as a church, as brothers and sisters. That's what we do in a family, don't you? Don't you hug or kiss you know, your, your family, your children, your, your spouse? Of course, I mean, that's what family is supposed to do. We're supposed to embrace, be together, share life, and walk together. And now look at what's happened because of the coronavirus, the policies you know that went out. You know, There's this video. If you got the video back there, Let's show the video. This, now this is what's happening in the world. Instead of kissing and greeting and, and shaking hands embracing, this is now what's happening in the world. Okay, Let's try to get that video up real quick. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Hey, hello, no, hey. Hey, hello, no, hello, no, hello, no. hello. Hey, hey. Hey, <laughs> hey. Hey, hey. Niha, niha. Hey. <laughs> hey. Niha, niha, niha. Hey, hey. 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 china (laughs) that's real that's what's happening This little little um cartoon that i saw this guide online right if you have that guide uh um, it's it's called handshake alternatives okay we're so we're so used to shaking hands and all that other stuff there's this other little guideline now that that shows if you have that little uh, blurb there's different ways now we can greet one another okay it's not just the old ways. Now, now we can, you know, it says to wave to each other. Or, 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 we can, we can, you know, just, just bow to each other there, right? We can, we can just do that little, you know, bow and whatnot. The elbow always works now. You know, and keep the elbows there. We can, we can elbow each other at church. And, and then there you go. You just saw the foot shake, okay? The foot shake. These are the alternatives, alternative handshakes now. And I guess the church now we're called to implement these policies here as well. I mean, it sounds kind of funny, it's silly. This is not how God intended us to be. When we greet each other, we're not meant to foot shake, okay? We're not meant to, you know, do a little elbow thing here, okay? We're meant to embrace and to love and to kiss. Now, policy says, hey, you got to keep two to three meters apart from each other, okay? Not how God intended to be. This is the effect of sin, church. This is what the effect of sin has done it separated us from our loved ones, especially. Right? I saw a picture um, this past week. Uh, it just really touched me. Um, I think this kind of exemplifies a lot here of what's going on. If you put that picture up um, of this 88 year old woman, right? Did you hear about this? And her 89 year old husband, okay? They've been married, Dorothy Campbell um, and her husband, Gene, they've been married for over 60 years. Think about it, okay? They've been married for over 60 years, not just alive, but they've been married together, life together, sharing, hugging, kissing, you know, raising a family together, 60 years. And her husband, 89 years old, husband Gene, he's in isolation now with the coronavirus, in this nursing home in Washington State, right? I mean, this picture, you, know, you see Dorothy just, you know, waving you know, to her husband through a window. She's just waving. You see, I, I don't know if you can see the husband's The husband's face, so you can see that, right? 89 years old, 88 years old, 60 years of marriage, now separated by this barrier. Who knows what's gonna to happen to him. Uh, coronavirus is very serious for elderly. Right? This is how they're gonna end their life, their marriage, never able to embrace each other again after six years together. Church, this is the effect of sin. This is the state of our world. This is what we've done, okay, by our disobedience. And we can't save this. We cannot come up with any vaccine that will save this fallen world, okay? God had to do something. Only God can do something. And he did. And that's why we celebrate this coming Easter. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, God himself, to die on the cross, to pay the penalty, the sin that you and I can never do. And on that cross, by Jesus' death, that wall that you see, that little pane, that window, that mirror that's separating all of us is shattered. <laughs> it's broken forever. The veil is torn between us and God forever. Thanks be to God for His Son Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Church, we just sang these hymns, you know. When we sing these praise songs, do we understand what we're singing? Do we grasp the gravity? of these words that we sing, you know, in praise, Jessica's leading worship. I love this song by Matt Redman, Upon Him, that we just sang. If you, if you got those lyrics back there, uh, Spirit and Truth, I don't know if you can switch over that quickly, but, um, you know, let me, let me just read these words again, and, and this is the gospel of what God has done in giving us his son, Jesus Christ. Let these words soak in. Upon a hill, a perfect Savior. And upon that day, the greatest love. The punishment that should have fallen on us, upon him, upon him. Upon his head, a crown of thorns. Upon his heart, a broken world. The wage of sin, a weight of our transgressions, upon him, upon him. For Christ has died. <laughs> and we are forgiven, and Christ alive. We are risen, and he shall come again. We praise the king. Oh, we praise the king. (laughs) That's a gospel, that's a gospel. Thanks be to God that we have a king who is risen. Christ has died that we could be forgiven, church, and through his death and resurrection, This world that has been separated, now we are restored. This relationship that has been severed between our Father has been reconciled, and now we are together. We are meant to be together. Sin has separated us, now Jesus has restored us and brought us together, church. Jesus says in verse nine, don't be afraid. Go on speaking, don't be silent. For I am with you. I am with you. That's Jesus' words to you today. I'm with you. I am here with you in your life. Don't be afraid. Keep on speaking, okay? Come on now, keep on speaking. So what does that mean for us practically? I mean, you know, decisions are being made at church. What are we to do? Like even today, you know, what are we going to do today with the Sanford home? You know, missions. Are we going to close missions? All, all, the. Remember what we learned last week? God encourages us in times of fear. Sometimes he closes one door, he opens another. Yeah, he may close the door of overseas missions this summer. He might, I think he probably will. But what does that mean? He's going to open another door. He encourages us through another door. What's the obvious door that he may open in missions for all of us here? Relational evangelism, right? I mean, do you, do you understand? You read the Bible, you read the book of Acts, and you wonder how the church exploded in the, in the, in the you know, first 300 years. I mean, it exploded, church, the, the, the Christian church. You know how? It wasn't through mass revivals or, or crusades or, you know, even we think of Pentecost and 5,000, we think that's how the church exploded. No, that's not how the church exploded, the birth of the church. It was through oikos evangelism, which we call in Greek, household evangelism. It was through sharing the good news, this gospel, through the, through the people that we have relationships with. Who are those people in your life? Obviously, your family is one, right? Your, your, your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, your, your husband, your wife, your children, obviously. Your best friend who doesn't know Jesus, that you, you talk with every day, that you go hang out with every day, even in this Corona scare. You still meet them, don't you? your coworkers that you still go to work with, that you, 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 you spend the majority of your actually day-to-day with, right? Oikos, that's how the gospel spread. Don't be silent, Jesus says. Missions doesn't just stop because of a coronavirus. Ministry doesn't stop because maybe we might not go on overseas missions, church. I think there's a reason why even this season of evangelism explosion, Deacon Jenny, God, I mean, I'm telling you, he impresses upon Jenny's heart so often through prayer. And she's a woman of prayer and in tune with the spirit, he's led us to, to approach this season of evangelism differently than we've done ever before. And she was saying even months before this happened and, and before this corona scare, she said, Pastor, I think there's maybe a different approach we can take to evangelism here. More of a relational approach to evangelism. More of a one-on-one style to evangelism. A discipleship approach. To, to make it more real and personal, and, then, and, and not just about memorizing a script, but really making it real in our lives, and then we can share that with people in our lives that are real, and I'm telling you, that's what we're gonna do starting next Sunday, right? Six weeks of real life evangelism, you know? Maybe it's not too late, if, you, if some of you are still interested. You know, I know, you know the class maybe looks full, we have a great, I think like 10 people already signed up. I think maybe if you are interested, talk to Deacon Jenny after s- Sunday today today even you know we, we, you know stop and don't be silent you know it's not just the word that we 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 minister the gospel to it's demonstrating the gospel through word and deed right the bible says through our actions through what we do as a church right today sanford home what are we going to do we have all these coats and we're supposed to go and play cards with the residents and share life and maybe share about our faith and encourage them we made a decision uh, this Morning, actually, as a leadership. We understand that in the nursing homes, especially in these homes, the elderly and the sick are there. They're the most vulnerable, right? To sickness and, and they're the most vulnerable in, during this time, and so we don't want to bring any you know concern over to any of the residents there, and even if we're healthy, you know we don't want to you know bring that kind of a burden to them either. So what well, we decided, we're gonna just go and just drop off the coats to them today. Okay, we're gonna still demonstrate the love of Christ. We're gonna show that, hey, we want we still want to be here for you, and we want to drop and you know give this all you know you know gift to you, and may it keep you warm as as Jesus warms your hearts, and we're gonna do that. Um. It doesn't mean that we're going to stop these relationships, you know, with our Franklin Nursing Home and, and the Sanford Home. We're talking about maybe having a, 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 a live stream of, of our Sunday worship that, on the Franklin Nursing Home so that these residents can meet a, a, on 12 o'clock just as we do and, and worship Cupem together as a body of Christ. We're thinking about all these things. Church, do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be afraid. For God is with us and God is with you, church. You know, I, I, I want to just close with one last point here. You know, when, when God says, you know, this is in verse 10, it's something very interesting what he says. He says, don't be afraid, Paul. Why? I have many in this city who are my people. What does that mean? I mean, you know, Paul's like, what are you talking about? This is Corinth. You know, I, thought, I t- shared about Corinth, like 750,000 people, probably one of the most corrupt cities in all of the ancient world, Right. I mean, this city is full of pagans and and idolatry and and you know all these you know you know sexual immoral acts taking place. It's corruption and licentiousness, debauchery. This city of Corinth, you know, is known to, you know for for corruption and and yet he's alone. Paul is at this time, remember, and God says, "Hey, don't be afraid. I have many in this city who are my people." You know, Paul seeing Corinth through the eyes. uh, You know, there's enemies, God. Enemies who are opposed to you. God's saying, no, Paul, I have many in this city that are mine. I have many friends in this city. You see, there are people I intend to call to myself here. There are many souls who will be called to Christ right here. Don't be afraid, Paul. Don't be afraid, you see. He's calling Paul to see this city differently, to see this world differently, not just from his lens, but from God's lens. You know, I see, you know, flushing and we talk about flushing all the time. Q, why are we here, right? How many times have I said this? You know, why are we still here when a lot of the Asian American, Pan-Asian, you know, uh, families and young adults have moved out of flushing, out of Queens. They're in, you know, Long Island and New Jersey and all these other places. Why don't we go to where the people are? There's a reason God is keeping us here. There's a reason why we're building a new building right across the street here in flushing. God says, I have many in this city who are my people and many who will come to know me through you, church. Believe it. And what does Paul do? (laughs) He keeps then ministering in Corinth, not just for a few more days. In verse 11, it says he stayed a year and a half, right? Year and six months teaching the word of God. In fact, this is the second longest time in length that he stays in any city. Next to the Ephesus where he stayed about two, three years. This is the second longest stay he has in any place teaching the word of God. And in verse 18 as we close it says, Paul stayed many days longer. And then he left with Priscilla and Achilla. Right? God has a plan. And in Paul's response to God's plan, his fears are resolved. His fears literally dissipate, dissolve, and transforms into courage, into hope. With a renewed purpose, a renewed spirit to continue on in the work of God, Jesus' work, church. God, as we close, as I invite the worship team up here, God is calling us here today in this time. And the overarching message, what He's saying to you today do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. Ministry doesn't stop. You being a Christian just doesn't stop during the season of, of scare or of corona fears. Keep on speaking. Trust in him. And see this situation in this life through his perspective. God has many people that he needs to save. And maybe through you, church. Let's pray to God. Go to him. He's asking him, do you trust me? trust my plan how are ways that I'm going to continue to use you during this time where governments might even tell us to just keep separated don't gather together God says keep on speaking continue to gather together as a church to worship trust in his plan See things from his perspective. There's many souls still yet to be one. It's all possible because of what Jesus did. The separation from us and the Father... What's separating us from each other today is sin. Upon him, upon that hill, that savior, that punishment that should have fallen on you and I was upon Jesus Christ. And that's the message we continue preaching and speaking and demonstrating. Let's be reminded of the gospel as we close in worship.